Welcome to a Tuesday. It is a regular school day. No doubt about that. Just uh, it, it, There's lots happening here in this province with uh, rotating strikes, but uh, there will uh, not be any effect on any schools in Regina tomorrow either. That's Saskatoon. However, Thursday, your pickup times are going to differ. Uh, it's Regina Public Schools class out at noon for elementary, one for high schools. Uh, they will not be there to, uh, you know, over the lunch hour. So they're just, well, in some instances, just kind of depends, right? Regina Catholic schools say end times will be different depending on the school, but the division really hasn't told us much more on what those times might be like. But public school said, uh, we're going to just dismiss at noon because there's no one there to watch over the lunch hour. I, I don't know. I, uh, I don't quite understand why the whole afternoon, I was prepared to tell my kid, go home, watch the Flintstones, make some tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich. Come on, you can do it, kid. Just like we used to. Uh, But nonetheless, that's the decision. And of course, uh, we await uh, what might be next here, too. It's going to be very curious. Of course, the province, their standard line, we're disappointed in the teachers. Teachers, of course, frustrated with the province. And uh, this is this on both sides right now. It's all about public perception. I think this one is going to brew for a while yet. Here we are uh, back from vacation, my family. Uh, we had a great one in Hawaii. I highly recommend it. We were on uh, right there. Uh, the, you know, it's Vegas on, on steroids, on a beach, I call it, there in Honolulu. It was, it was terrific. I'd been once before, and uh, this time was just as fun. It was kind of crazy to arrive, though it's the rainy season in Hawaii right now. And uh, the first day or two was kind of cloudy, windy, and, you know, some showers in Hawaii. They don't last that long, but eventually the sun came out. And, yeah, that's, my back is itchy from all the sun. Not enough sunscreen. My fault. But had a blast. Went to the Dole plant, of course. Ate some pineapple. Had an ice cream there. Visited the North Shore. Man. I can understand why those surfers wear those baggy swimsuits. Because they have got to have big, well, I... I will not say, but that was frightening to see (laughs) some of those waves and what those surfers can do. Uh, The kids, uh, they love riding the waves themselves out in the boogie boards. And uh, well, me, I just simply enjoyed the beach. Most of it, collecting those little umbrellas from every drink. I uh, enjoyed all those bevies on the beach, but yeah. uh, And of course, I've said this already earlier this morning, but yeah, it sucks flying right now. Uh, you, you don't want a delay, but sure enough, there's always a delay. We were delayed like 10 hours coming back on our Calgary connection. And you can just see the frustration in the airport. So many people, not only on the flight that was canceled, it, we had to wait another 10 hours to come back to Regina. But you can just tell every gate, people look unhappy. Flying is not a happy experience anymore. It used to be, oh, I hate Air Canada. I only fly WestJet. Uh, now I'm hearing just as much on both sides. It's frustrating. I know there's a pilot situation where I think there's a lack of pilots. That's a problem. Our flight delay was blamed on mechanical issues. You know, you're in the hub of WestJet in Calgary. That's the, that, that's the hub. Surely there's another plane. But no, they canceled a couple of flights to Regina. And then they book an extra flight. There were two flights leaving on Sunday evening from Calgary. And for what happened to the daytime ones, we don't know. They don't care. They just say you're stuck.
It's very frustrating flying. And give yourself an extra day or two when you're planning your vacation, if you are flying, because you'll need it. I'll guarantee there's probably going to be uh, some instance where you get stuck somewhere or delayed. How do you like me now? Now that I'm on my way, you still think I'm crazy. Standing here today, I couldn't make you love me, but I always dreamed about living in your radio. How do you like me now? Toby Keith passed away at the age of 62 after a battle with uh, stomach cancer, and my goodness. When you think about the number of hits that guy had, which was like something like uh, 42 top 10 country hits, it sold more than 40 million albums. You take for granted how uh, amazing and the influence he had on country music, particularly through the 90s. 90s, obviously owned by Garth Brooks, but Toby Keith was right up there too in popularity. He came out with that album in 93, debuting, and the hits kept coming. Red Solo Cup. I want to talk about me, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. That was a huge song in 2002. It was released in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks. That made him a household name. And one of his last appearances was actually on TikTok recently to give wisdom and advice to aspiring songwriters. After all, he is in the Songwriting Hall of Fame. Here's what he said. The most advice I have for songwriters would be uh, to just toll away every day. Most of my catalog was written at a time when I was writing at least four or five days a week. You've got to have volume, you've got to have practice, and you've got to keep your chops up, and you've got to stay in the middle of the game. I had recently seen uh, Toby give an interview in his hometown uh, in Oklahoma where he uh, grew up, and uh, I forget what the name of the town is there. I actually drove through it when I was on the way to Texas one time, and they got a giant sign that says the home of Toby Keith. Uh, but uh, he was an oil rigger before he became a country star. And in a recent interview, he had said that uh, he had come to grips because he was diagnosed with stomach cancer in 2022. And he said, uh, I know my time is coming. And uh, he was at peace with it. Toby Keith leaving behind three kids and his wife of 40 years. He was 62 years old. The hockey world is going to be watching to see whether or not the Oilers could at least tie the Pittsburgh Penguins' record of 17 straight wins, something they did in the early 90s. But it's going to be tough. Vegas is hosting the Oilers tonight. It won't be on until 9 o'clock. So, unfortunately, I am not likely to watch too much of it as I get up rather early and go to bed a little earlier. But, uh, man, it's, it's going to be fun. The Oil try to remain calm. Pretend this streak isn't as important as it is to make the playoffs. Defenseman uh, Matias Atcombe said this. So it's pretty cool. Um, but at the end of the day, streak is what it is. We're going to lose a game. I don't think we're going to go 50 straight or whatever it, it would be. Our goal is to make the playoffs. Our goal is to do noise in the playoffs, obviously. So it's a, a great thing. Obviously, you're, you're playing really well as a team, and it's hard to do in this league to, to win that many in a row. But... At the end of the day, it's a streak, and, and we're looking to whether we keep it going for a bunch more or not. It's it's a, it's about the big picture and the big goal. And, of course, coming off the All-Star break, both clubs had a good rest. Ten days, though, between win number 16 and possibly the tying 17th game tonight. And then uh, you got to look at the Knights. They, they want to be spoiler, and the fact is they got to fight to win as Edmonton has caught up to them rather quickly. They're five points. Oilers now five points back of the Knights, and the Oilers have five games in hand yet on them, too. So this is a big game for 
the Knights. I, I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed. <laughs> My Oilers can do it. And then push to Friday night to make it win number 18 in Anaheim. That'd be cool because it's my birthday. Every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's football's bed. I know it's not mine, but I see if I can use it for the weekend or a one-night stand. Every morning starts with a cup of coffee for me. Just a couple through the day. Two is probably the norm for me. And on the weekend, yeah, love my coffee as well there. And it was a few weekends ago, I was uh, at Everyday Kitchen out in the east side, the new location there. And uh, I met Morgan Allen, who is a uh, coffee quality manager. And he was schooling me on what makes a good cup of coffee. And I thought, man, I got to have you on the show. So from the Everyday Kitchen, I invite... Morgan Allen to pop in here. Welcome, buddy. Thanks for being here. Hey, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. How do you think a good quality cup of coffee is made? Does it start with the bean, my man, or not? Yeah, absolutely it does. You know, a great fresh roast, that's where it all begins. You know, if your coffee is too old or, you know, isn't a good quality, then you're kind of uh, left hanging from the beginning. Are there best before dates on coffee beans? Do they have to? Well, they don't. I mean, in, in... in grocery stores, they probably do, but I think a lot of times with some of those companies, those best before dates are way too long. You're going to lose a lot of what you need to make a great cup of coffee before it's ever bought uh, off of the shelf. So, you know, I mean, you're not going to run into like uh, dangerous issues or mold or that type of thing, but um, you definitely, you know, you, you want to be looking to, to drink your coffee about, say, three months after it's roasted, uh, depending on the roast level. What about the quality of coffee? You're getting ready with the kids. You want a good cup of coffee. Some use K-cups. Some use a French press like I do. How do we make the perfect cup of morning to get us up and going in the morning? So I, this is one of the things I, I, I really try to, to push on people is getting a cheap kitchen scale and weighing out the coffee, you know, not just like using scoops or eyeballing it, but actually weighing out how much coffee you're using. And then I also weigh out the water and I use a ratio of like 1 to 17, 1 to 16, and that will make a really great cup of coffee. Freshly ground helps a lot as well. Um, if you grind the coffee too far ahead of of brewing it, you're, again, just going to lose a lot of that flavor. If you want to use filtered water at the very least, I actually, we sell these little packets of, of minerals, uh, and I use those at home. You add it to distilled water, and it gives you the perfect water uh, composition for brewing coffee. Incidentally, we talked about beans. My mom used to keep hers in the freezer. Uh, oh, yeah. You don't need to do that with a fresh uh, bag of beans that is probably going to last you uh, two to three months at best, do you? No, definitely not. If you just have you know your everyday bag of coffee and, and you're going to be brewing it within you know the month or two, I would definitely keep it out of the freezer. Good to know. Good to know. Morgan Allen is my guest. Coffee quality manager with Everyday Kitchen. Does it hurt to warm your coffee up in the microwave? <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, it definitely, it'll affect, you know, the composition. It'll affect the flavor of the coffee by, by warming it up. It's it's one of those things that people like me, we try not to judge people on doing that. Uh, <laughs> Morgan Allen is my guest, coffee quality manager. He even teaches classes on coffee. Okay. What could I possibly learn at a, a class with you? Anything that 
that you want on brewing coffee. We have um, four different classes. We do. Uh, we have a pour-over class. We have an espresso class. Uh, we have a milk steaming and latte art class. Uh, and then we have a coffee tasting class. How did you ever get interested in coffee so much? I got a job when I was 20, and I didn't know almost anything about coffee at the time. When I started there, right, it was at uh, Roca Jack's when it was around, and, you know, they were a local roaster, and they had these different origins of coffees on the shelf, and, and I had no idea about that even before I started there. And something about that, it just enticed me. It, it drew me in. And the more that I learned about coffee, just the more I fell in love with it, the more I wanted to know. Love to shop local. Is Saskatchewan producing some good uh, coffee beans here? Yeah, there are a couple. You know, we don't have a ton of of local roasters, but we do have a few in Regina and around the province. No coffee is, at least for harvest and production, is, is grown in Canada. We import it all from, you know, places like Central and South America, Africa, Uh, Indonesia, you know, all those places, and then roast them up from there. Do you teach a class on roasting your own coffee in your home? Uh, I I don't teach anything like that yet, no. All right, cool. But I do do roast coffee at home. Morgan, where uh, can we find out about one of your classes? What do we need to know? It is online, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you follow the Everyday Kitchen on on social media, they always post on there. Um, If you go onto our website, the classes that are available, purchase, then you can can find what works for you, which classes you want to take, and go from there. Thanks, Morgan. Appreciate it. Thank you. Tracy Chapman, Luke Combs, what a highlight from the Grammys the other night. 36 years after that original release of Fast Car, thanks to that performance, it zooms right up to the top on iTunes. And it's number one again. Luke Combs admits Fast Car was the first favorite song he can ever remember having, thanks to his dad who had often played on cassette in the car. And uh, in his version, the line, work in the market, as a checkout girl, he didn't want to change. He just loved the the song as it was. So even in his cover of it, he keeps every single lyric. And uh, his version went to number one last July. Chapman owns the song's composition rights and became the first black female to top the country chart as a sole writer. And she said she is grateful for Luke's cover. And uh, with that, so many people have discovered the song again. And there you go. It's It's at the top of the iTunes chart again, thanks to the Grammys the other night. People are still talking about Saskatoon's Joni Mitchell, too. Her performance at the age of 81. But now they only block the sun. They rain and they snow on everyone. Yeah, she is going to tour. So many things. Select dates. Nothing yet in Saskatchewan. But clouds got in my way. That is, that is incredible. And, and of course, if you know, she was 21, by the way, when she wrote that song, Both Sides Now, which when I watched the other night, I immediately went back to the moment in Love Actually where that song plays. Well, you know the scene. If you, if you love that movie, you know how important that song is and what it does to you. But uh, there were a lot of tears in the audience, too. But, uh, yeah, Joni Mitchell, you have to be impressed. 81 years old, having, after that near-fatal aneurysm, to learn to speak again, sing. Pretty remarkable performance. 
And uh, a lot of people were miffed at Taylor Swift. Well, I would say a lot of the haters of Taylor Swift were using social media yesterday to say, look how she dissed Celine Dion, who walked out on stage with assistance of her son, Renee Charles. When did he get that big and handsome? Man, he's a good-looking kid. <laughs> Anyhow, Celine, of course, as you probably are aware, has that rare and curable neurological disease. And before any appearance she makes now, she has this policy. She tells everyone about you know, how it hurts literally to walk. And there's a, I guess, can you call it a no-touch policy? And you could bet Taylor knew ahead of time from producers because she knew she would be presenting if she won album of the year. And a lot of people were were going at Taylor for not acknowledging Celine face-to-face. She kind of appears to just look somewhere else as someone else is saying something to her, uh, grabs the trophy and then turns and does her speech. But backstage, yes, her and Celine met and there was a photograph of them side by side so all is well but just people sure want to hate taylor swift she's going to be the reason even more people half the audience of super bowl on sunday is people that don't normally watch nfl football but they tune in for the commercials and the halftime show half the audience and i bet with taylor swift added returning from her eras tour in tokyo to be there in time for the game there's even more people that will watch super bowl CJME News Time now is 827.